Okay, listen, uh, this is the Maximus Podcast. Um, we're obviously sponsored by 10,000, the best athletic gear on the planet. Uh, if you want to use the code Maximus15, if you're a first-time buyer, they'll give you 15% off. Buy once, cry once. Don't buy shitty stuff. It'll ruin on you. Uh, I've had shorts for years, and they're, like, brand new. So get yourself something good. You guys deserve it. And stop treating yourself second rate. I mean, there's all kinds of guys out there. They buy beautiful clothes for their wives, and then they go to Target and buy themselves, like, some off-brand whatever. Like, treat yourselves, guys. So that is my pitch. Dues are paid. Tony, uh, we'll get right down to business. I want you to know this is a safe place. You can vent your feelings. I appreciate uh, that. And I understand that you've been, uh, I mean, I don't know what happened in your youth to traumatize you so much, yeah. but a lot of your trauma came to a very ugly head recently <laughs> when you did like a, like a half marathon on the skier, a full marathon on the bike, and then another half marathon on the assault runner. And then you also forgot the half marathon on the rower in between that. And the half marathon yeah. on the rower. So it was like 66 miles. Yep. Yeah. A little route 66. So Let's take us way back. Like what, what's going on yeah. in your past that made you do this? Drug problems, abuse, uh, <laughs> low self-esteem. Um, no, no. Like, uh, you grew up no. in a war-torn country. Like what, what happened to you to make you do this? <laughs> I, I, I've been there in war-torn countries. I didn't grow up in one. You know, I am and always will be a kid from Buffalo, New York. You know, we all have things in our past. Unfortunately, my father passed away to suicide when I was in my teens. That ended up presenting some opportunities um, and I was just able to continue to make opportunities from that. Uh, you know, you get into school fights and things like that and we're all rebunctious teenagers. I ended up uh, wanting to change schools to where I played football. My football coach was a class of 1980 graduate from West Point. He said, hey, you got a shot. I said, I'm the kid with dyslexia. I can't even spell my name right. He's like, you know, believe in yourself. Don't self-select. And that's always been something that I live with, right? Like don't self-select on opportunities. If you, if it's presented to you and you feel like you can do it, go for it. And that's kind of how I viewed, you know, fast forward 16 years. That's how I got into the ergathlon with 10,000 in my feet of strength. I like it. So what, what, I mean, and obviously I'm sorry to hear about your dad. Uh, Thank you. a really hard thing to go through. I lost my dad at 20. Um, mm. Albeit not sorry. to decide that sound like something terrible to deal with. And so I'm really sorry for your loss. Uh, so what did this, what did this triathlon mean to you? Like, what was your purpose behind you in this thing? Cause I'll be honest with you. That's like nothing. I did a yeah. marathon on a rower once and I'll never do it again. Right. So <laughs> the, the thought of doing this from experience is like, I mean, it's a pretty serious thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, if you guys heard that in the background. I'm sorry. If you heard that in the background, that's how I felt during my marathon. <laughs> No, the sound effects on this show are second, second to none. So I yeah. would probably oh, I'll give you that. It's like some uh, Lucas level shit here. Right. No, the pr- production quality being here is just incredible. Um, good. Yeah. So I, and I even say this in the, you know, in the video and stuff like that, I'm not an endurance athlete, right? This is not something that's in my wheelhouse at all. Not even close to, I think the longest I've ever run, I've probably rucked farther than I've ever walked. Right. So rucking in the army is where you put her backpack on full of weights, probably carrying a weapon and you're going, you know, anywhere 26 plus miles. Um, and, you know, just kind of putting myself on the fringes of discomfort and knowing that where that wall was at the time when I said, Hey, I'm going to do this to where it was when I finished were miles apart. Um, so it was just really kind of cool. I wanted to go to new mental and physical domains that I hadn't ever reached before. And I was like, this is a perfect opportunity. So why did you choose all of these? Like you're not an endurance athlete. You right. obviously have trained in a gym. Yeah. Uh, were these just around? Uh, do you love the concept to product, if you will? Yeah. <laughs> um, these are actually all the pieces of equipment that I am fortunate enough to have in my home gym at my house. Um, okay. So during COVID, we had kind of, I guess, fortuitously enough stockpiled uh you know, I built a garage gym that was pretty robust for my wife and I, who's also in the military. Um, that's kind of what we used to train when all the gyms were shut down and you couldn't really go anywhere. So we, we training for us never stopped. Um, and we live and die by the motto of always being prepared for your worst day. Um, so what kind of led into the ERG Athlon was back in 2019, Concept2 came out with, you know, their ERG 
ergathon, which was 10K on the skier, 20K on the biker, 10K uh, on the rower. And you know how we do things at 10,000. And again, I, I'm just like you, Bobby. I'm an athlete at 10,000. I am not paid or anything, you know, like just doing my, I have a whole separate life outside of this, but they said, Hey, have you heard of this ergathlon? I was like, I haven't. I'm, let me find out. So I did some research. I said, well, why don't we just kind of, you know, double this plus and then just add a little spice. You know, I'm not a chef, but to just kind of sprinkle in a little seasoning, uh, let's add a half marathon in the assault runner. And they said, when do you, let's go. And they're like, let's do this in a month. And I said, even better. So here we are. How long, okay, I, I'm trying to be serious, but I can't. How long did this fucking nonsense take? Nine hours, 49 minutes and 12 seconds. Jesus From the Christ. first pull on the skier to the last footstep on the assault runner. That's incredible. Because I think my marathon took, I, I, I think when I did it, Joe, it was two hours and mm. 40 minutes, I think is what I did it in. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I, I just did it to finish. I had no concept of where I was going to end up or anything like that. Um, but it hurt. Like I, I remember my hips, my ass, my, Mm -hmm. my legs, like the next day were just completely destroyed. So, so hats off to you nine hours. I'm always kind of enthralled when people do shit. I don't think I could do. Um, how did, how did you prepare for this in a month? Because like, I want to stress that people that are listening that have got no concept of this. Like just a marathon alone on the rower, I've seen it beat really fit people up. So now well, you got there, there's like there's a whole thing of just spending time on that seat. Like if you're not yeah. conditioned to that and you try to sit for an hour on that thing, it is like not fun. It is a really like uncomfortable thing. So were you had you been doing like a bunch of rowing leading up to this? Like what was the plan for that month? Both all great questions. And the answer is kind of no. Um so just, I, I had been, I've been working with the same CrossFit coach, uh, Doug Cha- uh, Chapman out of Hyperfit in Michigan since 2016, we've always been working virtually, uh, at the time I was stationed in Hawaii back when we started in 2016. So I was just kind of, it was normal workouts. What I was doing in the morning, when I wake up 5am, two hours in the gym and then, Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, I was finishing a master's degree, uh, at Cornell university. So, and then, yeah, no, yeah, nothing, you know. Everybody's got things going on. Uh, and then I would train for another hour to two hours at night. And then on the weekends, I would put in some, you know, anywhere from three to, you know, six hours as we trained up for this. So it went kind of like five K's on the weekends, 10 K's, 15 K's. And then we, we, we were right into the, right into it. So if I'm following correctly, you basically had a month crash course to just do whatever you could to make sure you finish the thing. Yeah. And I will say, you know, recovery days for me look uh, like a 10K on the rower uh, on Mondays and a 5K row on Thursdays. That's kind of standard. Um, but outside of that, really any longest distance I'd ever gone on, um, up until I started training for this, on the assault runner was like four miles. And that was just brutal. So I said, okay. you know, let's make it 13.1 at another, you know, nine plus. At a little bit. Now, let me ask you a question. I want an honest answer because I'm going somewhere with this. You're only getting honest for me. Oh, good. I like it. How many out? How many times during this nine-hour ordeal did you think about quitting? Zero. Are you being serious right now? I'm dead at. You can look into my soul in my eyes. Um, zero. Okay. So because I'm on the thing. A lot of people want to quit. Like even the most successful people in the world think about quitting a lot more than, than people can fathom. Like we have this idea that Michael Jordan is, is, is like he's titanium brain right. in terms of his willpower, Kobe Bryant was or whatever, but like even the greats wanted to quit at one point. So this no quit mentality that you have, how did you develop that? Uh, I think the philosopher Don Torino, uh, you might be familiar with him from the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, you know, said he lives life a quarter mile at a time. And that's kind of how I thought, like, I was like, Oh, if I want to quit, I'll do that in 400 meters. Um, when, when I get to that for the next 400 meters, then I'll quit. Um, and by the time I got to that 400 meters, again, another movie reference, just like in draft day, we live in a different world than we did five minutes ago. Um, so I was in a different mindset. I had, you know, different things might've been aching and things like that, but I knew I just wanted to add another 400 meters. And then I was going to kind of reassess. 
Um, and then during this whole thing, like I didn't listen to music at all. I had headphones in, but I was listening to audiobooks, right? That allows me to kind of just get lost in a good story, right? On the, on the runner, I listened to How Bad Do You Want It, which is essentially just a ton of different uh, ultra athletes talking about whether they're competing at the Olympics or just kind of shifting into a different gear. So I was just listening to that, people struggling just like I was. Uh, and that really helped me continue to push forward throughout this whole thing. Did you I'm curious. Have- I, I'm curious about like day of considerations. Like, you know, you, you knew this was happening. You had this scheduled. So, you know, you wake up in the morning. Did you have a sense of how long this was going to take? Like, did you have any guess at all? And then what did your, your day look like? I mean, you weren't nine yeah. hours on a rower. Obviously you had to switch between implements. How did you fuel? How did you hydrate? Like, did you have to take bathroom breaks during this thing? What are some of the logistics behind this? That's a great question. I only got off once. I only stopped one time during when I was actually in like an event, mm-hmm. whether it was which regardless of the machine, I stopped once. Um, and that was about three miles into the assault runner, Thought I had to go to the bathroom. Um, otherwise I was just doing bathroom breaks in between the events. Sure. So kind of finish one challenge, then prepare for the next. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then in between, we're looking at maybe like 10 to 15 minutes. Most mm-hmm. just, I mean, the great people over at Hyperice that we had the boots, nice. the guns, and yeah. like I was running while gunning myself, right? It's mm. like things would come up, like you wouldn't normally have that in a, a half marathon. Yeah. Uh, but you also wouldn't be like 40 plus miles in either. So different things in terms of fueling um pretty standard water uh all the way up the rower is kind of the last 5k of the row that's when we started to like really push into character development uh we'll call it that where i had to just kind of like it it really set in like okay we are going to new depths mm-hmm. um because at that point like i didn't work i like i chalked my hands once for the ski erg and then I had like, you know, the blisters and everything afterwards, but I knew that going into it. Yeah. Um, and then after the rower, I hit, I started, you know, going like peanut butter on bread, honey. And then while I was running, I, there was one thing I, again, never an endurance athlete. Um, there's some people there from 10,000 that were they're like, you know what you need? Uh, while I was running, they're like, we're going to go send somebody to get a warm Coke. I was like a warm Coke. So like a sugar boost, um, throughout this whole thing. Yeah. So it was just different things like that, that I did, I did train a little bit with fueling mm-hmm. throughout, but I never really thought of, you know, warm Coke. That was something I was going to like yeah. be consuming during this whole thing. But like I had gummy bears, I had kind of fuel, I had a fuel plane going in and we only had tweaked it slightly. So it, now I'm curious about this warm Coke. So they're like, Oh, go get a warm Coke. And and are you just like, like confused at the moment? Or are you just trusting these guys well, to? Yeah, I, I, my, I'm, just, I pretty much said, you know, like Jesus, take the wheel. Let's, mm-hmm. let's see how this rocks out. And I just kept running. Uh, did you, then, did you like, like, how was the coke in the middle of all of that? Was it good? Was it like you had to choke it down? It, the, the food at the row, after the row going in to, the run, I had to choke down because I did not want anything other than like something liquid. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, you just got to like take it slow, ingest, and then keep going. Uh, the warm Coke actually was surprisingly good, right? It was like room temperature, yeah. not like it was heated yeah, up yeah. or anything like that. Um, it, it was actually good and kind of gave me like those like boosts mm-hmm. of energy. So like I was able to keep going and pushing a little bit farther uh, each time throughout the run. That's so interesting. Like, I, and I've, I've done uh, some endurance stuff. I mean... amateur level like running Ragnar races and stuff like that and I've run with some really established endurance runners and they're all about the like the little gel cubes and all that stuff and I'd never heard of like a coke but that makes perfect sense you need those carbs you need that fast hitting sugar and like you said you're burning it like as fast as you're ingesting it did you track like your heart rate data did you track calories burned what did that look like yeah so I ended up uh I had the whoop going as well as the apple watch throughout the event um, which both stayed charged and mm-hmm. both were good to go. There was no issues there. Uh, and it was something crazy. I mean, just at the end of the row, I was already 4,400 calories there, uh, consumed. 
not wow. to mention. And then the half marathon ended up taking everything else kind of averaged the same between the, the th- first three machines, about an hour 50. Um, I actually hit the skier about 16 minutes faster during the actual event than I did in training. Hmm. Like I, I outpaced myself, but the run took about three hours and 32 minutes and it was just a grind. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do anything special like day before? Did you do any like kind of preparation or was it just another day? It was just another day, right? We flew, uh, we flew out from central New York to New York city where we were doing Mm -hmm. it out in Brooklyn and, you know, just traveled, kind of kept it, kept it loose, little light workout that morning before we flew out, but nothing crazy and just kind of into the beast, right? Into the breach, as I like to say. So kind of like a little lighter day, but not like a full on taper or anything like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. A taper throughout the week. And then just kind of like okay. stretching light mobility. And then how was it afterwards? Surprisingly, not bad. Like really. I really had no issues. Um, I also did, you know, use the the, uh, the Normatech boots that mm-hmm. night and the following day, which I think played a huge part in that. Yeah. But Throughout this, I was also making sure I was doing my best to like have a mobility session or mm. a few throughout the day to just continue to like throughout that month to really just like limber up and get ready for what was about to happen and just destroy my body in the over the course <laughs> of nine hours. So as you're in this, uh, like, were you chasing a pace? Like, did you have a certain number that you were after or were you just kind of like, like you said, like just Jesus, take the wheel. I'm going to listen to my books. And when it's done, it's done. Yeah. 10 hours was my goal under 10 hours. I, I, you know, I was able to get that with 11 minutes to spare. Yeah, so I was, nice. I was pretty pleased. Um, and that include, I mean, that's kind of how I trained up. Like when we said this event, I, I got the approval from 10,000. They were like, yep, let's do it. I went to the whiteboard in the garage gym and just kind of wrote down what paces I was looking at, like 220, um, you know, and then kind of like close to those like 10 minute miles, mm-hmm. uh, which ended up being, I, I blew that a little bit in terms of like, it was, it was more, uh, but everything else was pretty much on pace with how we trained. Uh, that's good. That's good. Um, I know a lot of folks, they'll obsess over those numbers. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. when you've got all that data, you've got, like you said, your whoop, you got your, your Nike run club running, you got it talking in your ear about like, you're running a nine minute, 32 seconds. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I'm like, well, I'm going too fast. I got to slow down or I got to speed up or whatever. Um, yeah. and, and I know, from my experience, like when I'm doing long rows, I do get obsessed about the the screen. And it's like, sometimes you have to like flip that thing down and you just have to yeah. go. And so I just, that, that amount of focus is just draining. It's just draining. Yeah. Um, when like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to assume you took a day off after this. Did you take yeah. a rest day? And then yeah, how long, I mean, how long did you, did it take to recover before you were like, okay, I got to get back in the gym. I was back in the gym. We did this Saturday. I was back in by Tuesday. Okay. Um, so that's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. And like Sunday we spent all day walking around New York city and just kind of exploring. And then obviously a travel day on Monday to kind of get back into the swing of things. Nice. I have a question. How did you decide the order of these? I wanted the suck to come at the end. Um, so the ergathlon that was, you know, done by concept two is the ski bike row. So we just kept that intact. Um, and I was like, I, I want this to be an absolute challenge. Let's do the hardest thing last. Normally I would always want the hardest thing first. So then we kind of can get through it. I, but I, I wanted that, I wanted that monster at the end, uh, to just be like, all right, we're here. We're going to do it. Everything else is done. I've done three, four, fourth and final one. Let's go into it. Kind of like a, I guess, for, you know, people play video games, like a final boss, I think is what it's called at the end. Yeah. How did you, uh, how, how do I word this looking back on it? Do you wish you kept it the same or would you have changed it in any way? No, I would have kept it the same. Would you change your game? Like, you know, hindsight's 2020. Is there, is there a different strategy you would use doing it again? No, I mean, I might've, so yes, I I take that back. Yes. I would have been more ready and prepared for, the amount of suck that was going to occur. Cause I thought I had an idea. Um, but again, afterwards we talked about like moving that wall of suck. Cause like if you give a hundred percent, you're dead. Um, mm-hmm. so you want to get as close to the wall as you can. 
without touching it. Cause then, you know, but I was able to move that wall farther than I thought I did. I thought I was going to. So, so yeah, I, I think I would just brace for the suck a little bit more. So th- this is maybe a, a, a really deep question or a really shallow one, depending on how you take yeah. it, but how did this change you? Like what's different now that you've done this? I, I have a philosophy on that, like, why not? Right. So again, this goes back to the whole self-selection thing we talked about in the beginning. Um, it just kind of shows me like anybody else, right? If you show up focused on a goal day after day after day, granted, this was a truncated timeline. We're only mm-hmm. looking at a month, but I showed up. I don't know what the cursing rules are on the podcast. Or anything Go for like it. That. <laughs> I showed up every fucking day. Right. Um, I stayed committed even with everything else going on. Like I was adamant about working out because I wanted to, to get this done. So that's how it changed me is like, it just reinforced just like anybody else. If you continue to show up every day and you're, you're focused on your goal and you, you you're focused on the long game as opposed to like those quick wins, those dopamine hits mm-hmm. uh, throughout, it just strengthened that belief even more so. So what's mm-hmm. next? What do you, what do you do after this? That's a great question. I, right now we're currently uh, moving for the army, right? So we're in transition from, one, one side of the United States, the other side of the United States. Uh, so looking to get settled and, you know, just you got you, both of you guys know, and most of the people listen to this, you'll get that itch. You'll find something, an opportunity will present itself and you'll be like Nicholas Cage in 60 seconds, gone in 60 seconds. Just like, okay, let's ride. Just like, you know, the gift I sent you guys a couple of days yeah, ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you're just, you're just ready to go. Right. You might not be prepared at the time, but if you're fully ready for something, you've waited too long. Do you want to do this again or is this a one and done? I don't know. I, I, I would be open to it, right? Like I, I hope people see this event and be like, I can absolutely crush this workout. I can go farther. I, I absolutely welcome that, right? Because I I want to see this just my my like time smashed, the distance smashed. Like I want people to go further, faster, farther. Um and then you know who who knows? We maybe we come back and do it again. Maybe we add some distance to it. Maybe we add some more stuff to it. I'm, I'm open to a lot of different things, right? Because who knows where boundaries can go when the fight is really just between your ears. So let's play a game. Okay. Let's say you do do this again. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be easier or harder? Because sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? Like I've done some pretty Absolutely. crazy things in the gym. And sometimes yeah. when I don't know what I'm getting myself into, I'm, I'm better off. Like from, from my experience, for example, that marathon on the rower, if you told me to do what you did first, I think I'd be okay. Like, I think I'd just not quit and figure out how to finish it. Right. Now that I've just done a portion of it early, I want nothing to do with it. You understand what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. like there's yeah, no idea. Like a knowledge standpoint going into it that almost makes it worse. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be worse because I would be chasing myself Mm -hmm. and I would want to go faster, uh, with less breaks and finish quicker. Uh, not because I wanted it done, but because I wanted to be better than yesterday. As I know, both of you love that saying (laughs) as I do too. Uh, and we all live by it. That's, that would be why it would be worse, but I'd also be stronger going into it. Yeah. I feel that very, very deeply. As you were saying that I'm like, yeah, I, I know right what you're talking about. It's like that ghost, you know, it's like, yeah, just, I gotta be one step ahead, one step ahead all the time. Right. Yeah. You're only as good as your last game. Yeah. Um, so was yeah. there any additional pressure for you? Because I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. There used to be a day and I'm old enough to remember cause I'm, I'm I got a decade on you. So does Joe. Mm-hmm. where our lives could be fundamentally different. And, and I'll, I'll, I'm going somewhere with this, so I'll, I'll explain to you. Joe and I were from the era where if you wanted to block somebody, you took the rotary phone off the hook, Yep. which you kids out there probably don't know what a rotary phone is. Look one up. <laughs> if you wanted to call somebody, you had to call them. I mean, I lived until my, I want to say 21st birthday, Joe, without an email address. Yeah. We just didn't, we just didn't, you, you know, do stuff. Uh, internet, we had AOL dial up uh, to message. We had something called ICQ, which yep. is like the university network. Like we didn't have all the stuff now. 
in today's day and age, everything is a broadcast. Like yeah. everything's on Instagram. This podcast is being recorded. It's being videotaped. You had a whole camera crew in the room with you. Did that yeah. add an additional amount of pressure or, or are you the type of person like, I guess that would have preferred to do that alone? Uh, so it's one thing, right? And I, everybody's familiar with the Teddy Roosevelt quote and because it's so good, right? The man in the arena or the woman in the arena. Um, you train in darkness to shine in the light is kind of how I see that quote. Um, so the brighter the lights, the, the more I welcome it, right? Because I know where, where I can go into places that I don't, haven't been, but I, I, as we've talked about that long game. Um, so I would not, I would prefer to do it in front of a lot of people. To, one to prove the person that doubted me the most would be myself right? Like you go into something and you're like, maybe there is a trepidation or you're training and like, you don't have a good training day or something like that. And you're like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And then when you get in the moment, you're just kind of like all that doubt is it, it stays where you start. Uh, and you just kind of go into it. So I, I wouldn't, it didn't, it didn't really bother me. Right. Um, if anything else, it kept me accountable, right? Because you can't, if you walk away, you're not walking away from yourself. You're walking away from the people that supported you because yes, I did this as an individual event, but it was my wife who was there with fuel who supported me through all those late nights of training, you know, Colton and chase who were constantly there filming the, you know, two nights before where we stayed up to 11 o'clock at night shooting in my garage, Brian and the rest of the 10,000 team that, you know, put the logistics of this whole thing together and getting all the equipment, uh, Dom trusted me with a vision of what 10,000 is all about to just strengthen the brand, right? Keith, um, who, you know, conceived 10,000, everybody else. And my, my mom was there. My sister was there. Like, I'm not going to let those fucking people down. You had a whole crew. Yeah. Not, not a chance. Yeah. There's so been now too much that you put in the, sorry. Uh, you, you had said initially that you weren't like an ultra marathoner, like ultra endurance wasn't yeah. really in your wheelhouse. Is it right. now? Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> I will say like in one space, yes. Um, going out there and doing 70 plus miles on the road or 150 miles on the road. Like I haven't done that yet. Is it possible? There's only one way to find out. I think it is. Well, I imagine a scenario where like, you know, maybe you're at a, you're at a party and you meet somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I run, you know, 150 miles a day. And then you meet someone else like I run, you know, 200 miles a day and you can confidently sit back and say, well, I, I did do this thing one time. Yeah. And they would be like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, you know, you've, you've busted into that whole world. If you were going to do a challenge like this again, would you take ultra endurance off of the, 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 the board, like, no, I've already done that. Would you prefer to do something different? What else is outside your wheelhouse? Um, that's, there's not a lot that isn't right. Like I, I am open to a lot of different things. There's definitely like some skill-based events, right. That I, I need to work on, right. Especially when it comes to like gymnastic things, like mm -hmm. doing like what Mike did when he did the strongman marathon, right. Like that is outside my wheelhouse right now um but who's to say like in the future so a, a mix of things right where there's some ultra piece some fitness stuff but uh, other fitness stuff like i i'm i'm willing to always walk up to the whiteboard and see what's what's next yeah that's a special mindset and people who've done the crossfit thing they know you just some yeah. well here's a question for you coming from that world would yeah. you prefer to know the workout the day before or show up and see what it is. I like to show up and see what it is. Um, I got, I came in across it very early on. I was a, a plebe, a freshman at West point. Um, and there was a core group of people and I'll never forget like one of my, one of the majors at the time who was like our kind of like, we'll call him like house principal. Right. Cause we're all divided into like different companies. Mm -hmm. He was like, Hey, you should really check out this. on like push ups and stuff like that. Um, I was like, let's check it out. And so like, for four years, I'd show up every morning early with this core group of people. Uh, we'd wait outside for 15, 20 minutes, sometimes until the gym opened. Um, and we'd go in and work out together. And then we would go to class and practice formation and like live that life of a West Point cadet. But no one could ever take away 
those workouts in the morning, right? It's just like any, like you were talking about Joe and Bobby, like Bobby, no one could take away that you were a UFC fighter. Like you showed, you showed the fuck up, you fought people, you did it, right? Just like any other like award, or, you, you, people can't take that away from you because you've put in the work, you delivered and you're rewarded with an end state. See, I'm, I was the opposite mentality. I liked to know what the workout was. Yeah. Because if there was something in there, like, uh, I don't know, say they were double unders. It's like, well, then I would start looking up every YouTube video on how to be good yeah. at them. I, like, I wanted every strategic advantage that I could get going into it. But I, I feel like that's where a lot of my my education in fitness came from. I was like, oh, we're doing yeah. deadlifts today. And I'd watch 15 deadlift videos, you know, and then some of that sticks, you know, and then the next time something comes up and it's like a little piece of that is still there. And I could just build and build and build and draw from that experience. So that was always my, my preference was do as much research as possible, but there is just something really fun about having a challenge written up on the board and being able to like, okay, I, I'm going to do the challenge. I don't know if I'm going to be good at X, Y, or Z, but I'm going to figure it out as we go along. And I, I just, yeah. I like the, uh, it's the excitement of that. Yeah. Well, just like in training too, right? Like you train, you train not to have a wheelhouse, right? Like mm -hmm. you train to just be ready to go. And like, especially my job, what I do, um, like I, I can't be, I have to be a generalist because if I specialize in something, obviously we have, you know, specialties within the, within the military. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I specialize in something too focused, I lose sight of that, that long-term vision and people can get injured or worse, even, you know, killed. Yeah. Well, and you don't get to choose the challenge, you right. know, so yeah. like you just, you have to kind of be ready for anything and everything. And that's the art of it. Yeah. Yeah. They say the enemy doesn't always, the enemy always has a vote, mm -hmm. right? You don't get to decide how this, this game gets played. Well, honestly, if I could decide how to get fit, it would be playing Xbox and eating ice cream. Right. But it, <laughs> right. it don't work that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Tony, we've talked a little bit about where you've been. Uh, it, it sounded like you didn't have the easiest, I don't want to say childhood, but your teen years were obviously yeah. tumultuous to a degree. You managed to overcome that. You went to West Point, you got this career in the military. Uh, we'll call this thing kind of the midpoint of your life, if you will. What, what's on the back half here? Like what, what are your big time goals for life away from training? away from that kind of stuff. Or, I mean, maybe, it, I mean, to be fair, maybe it is training. Yeah. It, it has absolutely a legacy, right? Like my wife and I have been married for two years. At some point we're going to start to look at, you know, having kids and focus our careers to support that. Um, it, it, it now, it becomes bigger than yourself. Just, I mean, both of you gentlemen live this life, right? It, it's not about you. It's how you leave the place better than you found it. Right. As an, yeah. e as an, as an Eagle scout, right? Like, you not only you pack in, pack out, but you always try to make it a better place than wherever you rolled up upon. Um, because that makes the world better, right? It, you know, you just have to leave one person in a better position than when you came upon it and multiply that by seven point, what is it? 8 billion people. Like that's a lot of good, a lot of good in the world. Right. And I've seen a lot of bad, um, Unfortunately, a lot of us see bad from time to time, but it's not all bad. There's a, there's a lot of good out there. Here's a question. This is a, a little something I've been wondering. Maybe it's a little bit of a plug for 10,000. What were you wearing on the day of this challenge? We'll start, you know, obviously the, the short, uh, the, the short socks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the tactical shorts. Since those things have come out, those have been my go-to short uh, throughout any training session, even just going out, like, I get in trouble all the time for like, how come I can't wear these out on a, on a date night? Um, I got my wife looking like, you know, a smoke show. She's like, you're not wearing your 10,000 shorts. So if there's a way we can kind of, you know, we might, Bobby, we'll have to go back to the team and try to like, you know, elevate them a little bit, kind of bring in that. What is that? That tuxedo short look. Um, and then the, the new 10,000 personal shirt that I'm wearing right mm -hmm. now, right. We got the X on the back and just like anything else, Jersey or whatever, big old 10,000, um, across the back. And that so was good. I'm kind of confused. Can't you get away with wearing the foundation shorts? Cause those are kind of dressy. Like if I, I throw on, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> thousand, I'm just yeah. being honest. Like I rock the three inch distance because I'm in love with my legs. I'm a vain yeah. motherfucker. 
and uh, I'd like I like my booty shorts. So like I can't wear those to a nice dinner. I get it. My wife has like a legitimate gripe. But if I put on the foundation, which is like the board short type short in a I, I mean, I haven't worn a collar since 2003. But if I was the type of person to wear a collar, I could put on a polo or a golf shirt. I don't think anyone would notice I wasn't wearing dress clothes. So that I can attest to it. It's true. You can. Uh, I have worn collars since 2003. Uh, you know, my, an Aloha shirt is my go-to. Um, regardless of weather, sometimes to my detriment. Uh, but it, it works, right? You can, you can definitely pull it off. It's those events where you need to have, you know, some long leg shackles, right? Where they go from ankle to hip, uh, where we kind of run into some problems. However, the versatile pants do do a good job for about 85% mm. of anything, uh, any event you find yourself at. Oh, there's, I think there's, there's really like two rules to fitness, right? Number one, if you look good naked, like you look good, no matter what you're wearing and people will kind of give you a pass on that stuff. And then if you've got stuff that actually fits right, because if you, if you have like an athletic build and you put on the like hide the dad bod shirt, you look like you have a dad bod because it just yeah. billows out and like it can't right. show your figure. Like you have to have everything tapered and fit right. Yeah. And if you do that, then I think you can dress down because you actually look better than most people would wearing that gear anyway. No, I have, Joe, I absolutely agree with you, right? It's all about, you know, look good, feel good, feel mm -hmm. good, play good, play good, pay good, pay good, live good, live good, die good. Bobby, you love that quote as much as I do. I do, but it's actually, it's, it's, it's what does Dion say? If you, if you, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. I think yes. is exactly what it is. Um, can I ask you a personal question? Absolutely. Do you feel that your wife loves you less because she doesn't just accept you for the person you are and allow you to dress <laughs> what you want to dress? That's a great question. Uh, I don't think she does. Uh, I mean, I should, I mean, I knew I was coming in a hard hitting journalism. <laughs> Again, it's this wall is being pushed the farther we go into this conversation. Are we supposed to accept people for just their, their, their <laughs> likes and their dislikes right. style and their individuality? Like yeah. It doesn't sound like, I, I mean, I'm not passing judgment, but a healthy relationship right. would be like acceptance and like, you know, not trying right. to change the other person. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I thought in today's day and age that if you don't accept other people and you're not tolerant of their, their, their wishes and desires, you find your ass canceled. Yeah. That's both of you bring up excellent points. Um, I think I mentioned this early on in the episode. My wife is also in the military. One of the first females in combat arms, as well as the first female uh, battery commander, which is a company commander leading 87 soldier, 87 soldiers and, you know, $95 million worth of equipment and property. She can absolutely whoop my ass. Um, so it's, it's really more of that of getting my teeth kicked in as opposed to anything else. I mean, she, she would never, but knowing that that's there, uh, she was also a D1 boxer uh, at West Point and on the rugby team. So she, you know, she's as tough as they come. Wait, 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 wait. Am I, am I hearing you right? Does she wear the pants in the family? I mean, I wear the <laughs> pants. Let, let's, let's make this clear, Joe. I wear the pants. She just tells me which ones I'm wearing. Okay, uh, fair. And I, I feel that. like that's across the board, right? That's not just a me thing. That's an everybody thing. So I gotta, I gotta say this too, because you are a tiny man. Um, do you live under the constant fear of physical harm and domestic violence? <laughs> no, that's what I just heard from that. She's a I, boxer. She's got anger management issues. No, she's going to knock my teeth out. Like I'm, I'm Absol hearing some allegations. No, 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 no. I'm just saying domestic abuse. She, she is literally trained to kill people just like I am. Right. We, not, we you're not fight, the case right now, by the we, way, we fight and defend for, you know, the, the, uh, you know, what we, the values that we love in America. Um, and she is absolutely incredible. She puts up with all my shit. Um, and I, I can't think the world enough of her because she's an absolute, just amazing woman. And I'm just blessed every day to have her in my life. You, is there a gun trained on your head right no, now? No. I mean, we're, <laughs> okay, on just, just clear. we're on video, right? It's just. There's like, there's like five guys in tactical gear right no. outside the room. <laughs> Tony, Tony, have you ever found yourself in a situation, it might be off topic, but have you ever found yourself in a situation where 
you've had to lie to people about various uh, physical ailments that you've had? <laughs> no, I, I have never. But that, again, this hard-hitting journalism. Um, like there needs to be another disclaimer somewhere in the show or like when people come on that you guys are just pulling, you know, you guys, there is nothing off limits. And that's, I welcome that. Joe, I'm going to, I'm going to picture Tony and I showing up to an athlete weekend. He's got a black eye and they're like, Tony, what happened? <laughs> Fell like, down the stairs. You know, I, I tripped and I tripped and I ran into a doorknob. I'm like, Tony, that doesn't look like a doorknob. And he's going to start weeping and then hug me. I kind of, I kind of think we should get his wife on the podcast and kind of do a yeah. He said, she said kind of yeah. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> she'll just, she'll just call me on all my shit, right? That, like you need that in life, whether it's a training partner or, you know, a romantic partner that you end up being married to. You need somebody who's going to balance you out. Right. And mm-hmm. I am, I'm fortunate enough to have that. Um, you know, like, I'll be like, I want to go, you know, uh, she was there. Like, she was like, you need to eat. You need to eat uh, throughout the whole fetus, you know, after the rower going in, because I just wanted to keep going. She's like, stop. You're going to, you're going to go to a place that you can't get out of. Yeah, um, yeah. And we all, we all know those people in our lives. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think all that said, I think even if you would have went to that place, you would have persevered. Yes. It would have hurt more like the recovery, because I, I talk about this a lot. I used to teach a lot of tier one assets in terms of like physical fitness and things like that. And one of the things that we used to teach is that when you have like a six hour, seven hour, 10 hour kind of operation, you can always get through that. It's the day after that you pay for it. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got yeah. to think about what if you got to do this Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. So you stick somebody at 10,000 feet to elevation and have them do say a 15 K offset. They're tough enough to get through it. But if you don't fuel right, the next couple of days can be hell. So, I mean, my guess is you would have been fine, but the shape you would have been in, like you said, you were back in the gym Tuesday, yeah. you didn't hydrate and fuel properly. That might not have happened. Um, right. And on that, on that note, Joe, it's actually interesting. Almost all the marathon world records were set without food or drink. Yeah. I guess they yeah, yeah, the world record, they didn't have time for, for water or food, but they're also not concerned with running the next day because that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't happen. It's a one and done event. Right. Well, and I think with the military considerations, just logistically, you know, if you've got a team of guys and you send one out into the field to do something and he, he has to go through something like that and he's shot for three weeks recovering, he's unavailable for that next mission. And that gets to be really tricky when your team starts running thin and you're looking at, okay, who's the best person to take this next objective or, you know, achieve this next goal that we have. And there's just, it's slim pickings because everybody's, you know, back at the roost licking their wounds. Yeah. No, Joe, that's a great point. So Tony, people uh, are listening to this. You did this incredible feat, which, which by the way, from someone who's a professional exerciser, I think it's a pretty damn incredible thing that you yeah. did. I actually had to look at it when I read it uh, on the 10,000 uh, website, I actually had to look at it twice. I'm like what the hell? You know what I mean? It was, it was hard. It turned out to be what? 66 miles yep. Yep. is what is what you traverse. So really incredible things. So coming from an athlete, like I think it's absolutely incredible what you did. You've got an incredible mindset. Uh, you're 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 a great guy, and and I'd say humble in the right sense of the word. You know what I mean? Like I think sometimes people think humble is um, a good thing. I I generally don't think so. It's kind of like having a lesser view of yourself, but you're humble yeah. in terms of. I think you've got a quiet confidence about you, and you don't need to tell anybody you know, about your greatness, you kind of show it in all aspects of life. So where can people find you, learn about you, um, connect with you, if you will, slide into your DMs if they, they want to do that kind of thing? Bobby and Joe, first off, thank you so much, right? Coming from you guys and just the recognition of that means the world to me because I've listened to countless episodes of this podcast, Bobby, you and I have gone way back um, over the past year where we've gone back and forth. And I, I really do, that, mean, that means a lot. Um, especially as somebody who just, I work out in my home gym. Um, as you, if you're looking to find me, Instagram, the Tony Nash, Twitter, the Tony Nash, LinkedIn, Tony Nash. I also have a podcast, Got Your Six, um, which is part, another part of the 10,000 podcast umbrella where I interview active duty uh, service members as well as veterans uh, that were in the military. 
and just kind of asked them six questions. Um, got your six is just them having our back where they talk about being high performers, their failures, uh, and how they've overcome those challenges to get to where they are. And we talk everywhere from NFL players. Um, there's a bunch of 10,000 guys. There, there's a lot of cool guests on the horizon. I don't want to spoil it just yet. Um, but it's just a really cool thing. 20 minutes, uh, every Monday we drop new episodes on wherever podcasts are available. I love it. Well, listen, man, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, loved watching all your, uh, your success. Where can people watch specifically though? Because Keith and Brian, they would probably yeah. fire me if I didn't bring this up. <laughs> where, where can people, and they, and they, they probably can't fire me because I'm unfireable, but where will people be able to watch this? Because I know there was video taken. Yes. So the 10,000, uh, Instagram page, there is this amazing, incredible write-up, um, on the actual 10,000.ccnot.com page where it goes into, you know, from the time this uh, was conceived in terms of the idea throughout the whole process, which really gives a really great backstory. Um, there's a video there, it's on YouTube, but really 10,000.cc, uh, the Instagram page is really the best place to find it. It's going to be one of those IGTVs because it's about six minutes long uh, and it's definitely worth the six minutes. And I'm not just saying that because I'm in it. I love that. Well, it's been a pleasure, my man. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for taking it. the time. Thank you. There we go. How's that, Tony? Great. I mean, you- I'm going to have to probably report to like, you know, the military police and be like, my <laughs> wife doesn't kick the shit out of me all the time, but I'll cross that bridge. Uh, I'm, I just gonna that say, myself. I'm just going to say you're out here talking about how she's going to knock your teeth in and <laughs> one boxer. And I think you, I think you said, and I quote, she has uh, serious anger management issues. It I, sounded, I think you said that, Bobby. It didn't <laughs> sound like it came from me. me. Like you didn't deny it when he first said yeah, it. I'm going to point that out. I definitely did. I'm, I'm definitely not the door in uh, Ultimate Fighter, what was it, five? The Rampage just absolutely destroys it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, gentlemen, seriously, this, this was awesome. Joe, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, I know you also have a super busy life. Uh, and, and Bobby, man, I, I can't say enough, right? I'm, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I can do to top you guys now for this <laughs> between you and, uh, you and that psycho Michael, like I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then don't forget Dom and Kaj just did their one in Hawaii last weekend, which is, I don't know, Joe, do you know? About I, I don't what know what it, what, what was it? So they, they carried a rock six miles under the water. Five miles. Yeah. Five miles underwater. So, right. Like wow. you, if you had to like go to breathe, you had to drop the rock in place. And the other person had to swim down, pick it up and walk on the bottom of the ocean with a rock for five miles. Took them about just under seven hours. And that Jeez. story is going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, they did so it in- there's like, there's like metaphors for life in all of this. Yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I got nothing. I'm actually, I, I, I was talking to a guy named Avi. Uh, do you know Avi Greenberg by any chance from New York? He I does a lot of breathing seminars and stuff. He's like a Wim Hof's right-hand dude or whatever. Okay. But I'm actually trying to see if I can do some kind of sauna marathon. Oh, like if I could do like five hours in a sauna or something like yeah. that. Only that would be cool. And I say that only because like, I think what Michael did is way harder. I think what you did is way harder. I think what Grant did in the ice is way harder, but I think people, Joe, you know, you've, you've been in saunas a lot. People yeah. get like past 20 minutes, they start freaking out. Yeah. So I'm right. wondering like if that's something that's relatable to people, because one of the things that I'm finding with the 10,000 feet of strength, they're amazing, but I think they get devalued a little bit because people yeah. have no concept yeah. of what it is. Yeah. It's way beyond like the, the average Joe's experience that, they, they got no clue what it means to have done that. You, you know, know what I mean by yeah. that, Tony? No, I know. I, I do. And that's kind of how I present it. Like that was my mindset going into it. Like I see myself, you know, as somebody who enjoys working out, I, I, it's a huge part of my life. And how do you try to conceptualize this massive event that takes so much time and preparation and duration doing it and relate that back to like the normal person? And that was something I struggled with. And I thought a lot about um, training during the event. uh, And it's, it's hard, right? Like, because everybody's boundaries is physical limitations 
are put on by themselves. So you have to really break down and push those walls so far where it's like Joe was saying, like it's out of, you know, your perception of reality. How fun would it be though, to have the whole film crew do the whole build up? Maybe we'll get Bobby to do this. And then the physical challenge is like two pushups. <laughs> Just so people can really relate, you know. <laughs> but I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example, Tony, because you're from Buffalo, New York, so you're kind of an yeah. honorary Canadian. When you yes, watch you, NHL man. hockey on TV, because a lot of Americans have no clue, like really, what hockey is. I am a, really a concept of how fast those guys are skating. Yeah. Until you like go to a live game and you sit and you're like, what the fuck, right? Um, but I will tell you, coming from where I'm from, where everyone played hockey. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they could have been in the NHL if they had a better coach or if they're, you know, if they grew up in a different city because it's relatable. Same thing with basketball. Everyone's played basketball. So they're like, yeah. oh, I could play in the NBA, even though they've got no concept how yeah. high LeBron James can jump. What was that show? Like uh, Joe's versus Joe, pros? Joe versus, versus pros. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But where it gets weird for people is like, who's the guy? Was it Frederick Baumgartner that jumped out of like outer space? Yes. Yep. Or Red Bull. Yeah, he did the the high fall. Yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. so crazy. People can't put themselves in that position. So they just like kind of write it off. Like I have this this saying that all guys think they can fight and lift weights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe, I if I had a dollar for every time someone's like, Oh, you're in the UFC, but I'm gonna get you. Oh, God. Here we go. But you're about to get the business now. You know what I mean, Tony? But like yeah. sometimes like doing this marathon, people are like, what the hell? Or, or the, the, the six, the, the five mile rock carry underwater or like what Michael did. Like, I think people are just like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to come up with something that's like at least a little bit relatable. I feel. Yeah. Cause you, you end up doing right. You challenge people's beliefs. And it's very easy for people to kind of sit back and be like, nope, my beliefs are right. You're wrong. As opposed to being open-minded and be like, holy shit, that's fucking nuts. Um, and, and you really attack some like core fundamentals because then all those excuses, those people have created. I mean, I grew up, same thing, right? People are like, I could have made it in the NFL. I could have made it in the NBA. Um, go out the window, right? And you're left with regret. Nobody wants to live with regret. So they'd rather push it off on other people and be like, it's not, it's them. It was my opportunity. I didn't have the same opportunities. I didn't have the same yeah. things, right? I have a friend of ours. Uh, he's also in the army. His brother-in-law plays for the Islanders, right? Like his dad and him built ice rinks in Long Island, right? He got drafted in the first round, you know, six years ago, right? That doesn't happen overnight, right? I, I love people when they're like, I could do what you do, but right. I hear it all the time being in the military and it's like, oh, okay. So you're already coming with limitations when you're presenting this, right? Like Bobby, I appreciate the shit out of what you did in the UFC. It's not something I wanted to pursue, but I am absolutely impressed and just, you know, completely humbled that you took the time to hone your craft so much to get there. It's like when you go to be the best at something you seek out, like you want to learn how to like make knives, you seek out the best knife maker and you see what they do isn't the sexy shit of like slicing yeah. grapes or like watermelons, right? It's just repetitive bullshit, but not bullshit, but repetitive motions over and over and over and over again. Like people can't handle that. Yeah. 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 Tony, we'll, we'll end it on this note. I, well, I really appreciate that. Uh, I'll tell you something off the record that a lot of people don't know. I actually couldn't fight at all. But in 2006, the UFC was really trying to appeal to a female demographic, so they gave me a couple of <laughs> yeah, Bobby, you're on, the, you're on the trust tree. I will never utter those words again. I, I, will, I will tell you a truth. Sense. I will tell you a truth about the era that Bobby and I grew up in. Because getting into cage fighting back even before the UFC existed was a little bit different than what it is now. Like now, if you're the, you could grow up and be like, hey, I'm a great jujitsu fighter. I want to go into the UFC. Like it exists. Yeah. There's like a path. There's like people who've been there who could tell you how to get there. Back then it was, there was no clear path. And you didn't know when you stepped in that ring, who you were stepping in against. So we talked about, you know, looking at the whiteboard for the first time, you might be in a full contact fight with somebody. You have no idea until you step in a ring and you're, you're eyeballing this guy for the first time. And so it was a different world. And for Bobby to get to that level at that time, 
is a very different thing than what people go through today. Yeah, I wish Absolutely. I could have researched people. Like right now, I could know everything about hey, anybody I, you ever. I wish you could have researched Trent Tompkins because that would have been a much more interesting fight to watch. <laughs> like, if you, if you have this, you could do anything you want now. Like, I could, I could probably, Tony, like, and this is scary, I can have your social insurance number, your date of birth, mm-hmm. your address, and probably your, your, your transcript from West Point in 20 minutes. Like, yep. that's oh, yeah. how... With the people that are good with the internet, it's actually when I was working with the police um, in like even 2006 and seven, like there were warnings, like guys, everything's online. We can, we can mm-hmm. like, people freak out. They like try to shred their mail and it's like, well, no, people can get yeah. whatever. It's a digital copy yeah. of your mail somewhere. On that note, funny story. I posted my DEXA scan for like my body fat a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I got a bunch of DMs about people like, oh my God, it shows your birth date. Like you need to like delete that. People are gonna, and I'm like, my Wikipedia page shows my fucking birthday, yeah. guys. Like I, I, I can't, I can't help you. Wikipedia shows everything. That's also a flex too, because you can be like, yeah, my Wikipedia page has all that information, and it's like, what's a classic saying, right? Like, if you have to tell people you're famous, you're not really fucking famous. Yeah, but it's but it's true. It's like my yeah. birthday. Like you can you can get everything about me, and it's actually it's funny for all these weird conspiracy theory losers out there, Joe. Mm-hmm. That are like they don't think Wikipedia is true. Wikipedia is pretty fucking accurate. I read my page, and I've never contributed. Like I've never actually. That's not true. Back in the day, I tried to edit it and say that I quit UFC fighting for a career in five pin bowling, and, <laughs> and, and I'm like, who, who are you to say that I don't want to do that? Like this is for me. This is like I'm as actual as it gets. But it got. No, you can't. He's trying to take my He-Man collectibles out of the package. No, 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 no. Do not no. remove from box. <laughs> no, no, no. Do not remove that from the box checks. That's worth a lot of money. Yeah, it's like that's original. how you get to college. Yeah, exactly. That's like an original Panthor. From like 1983, Jax. You can't open that. Yeah, I'm 100% sure it is. <laughs> no, don't, t- don't do that. Why? <laughs> because... Dude, dude, that's probably worth like $8,000. Don't do that. I yeah, I know. I want to play with it too. I've been thinking <laughs> since 1983. Dude, that's like 38 years to have this. He's like, he's like, he's trying to open my panther. No, you don't open that. Oh. Yeah, no, no, no. Why do you even have that in, within reach? It should be like locked right. away. <laughs> no, I like, I like my stuff on the walls. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, you, you can, Wikipedia is like actually shockingly accurate. You guys, yeah. like when you Isn't go read wild? like about, about Kobe's life, about LeBron James, you're like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, this is like, so all the people are like, Oh, you can't trust Wikipedia. I'm like, no, you can. It, it is like an encyclopedia. Right. And it's free and it's done by other people. Like people yeah. spend their time contributing, editing, making sure you're not retiring from UFC as a five pin bowler. Right, like that. Yeah, yeah, like like that was honestly like stricken from the record. And I'm like, who put that? Like who? So I go read it, Joe, and I'm like, nope, this is like bang on. They got facts that I didn't even know that they could find. Like I learn about myself sometimes. Like I want to learn <laughs> about myself. So I go check, read my Wikipedia page. Like, oh yeah, that happened. That is too funny. But it's that also so it also shows you you can't lie about anything anymore either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, Joe? Like kind of yeah. like when Frank's Dukes got outed for buying a trophy for the Kumite <laughs> down the street. I'll have to look that story up. No, that's a real thing. Yeah, it so is like, a real thing. People thought he was a liar and they went to his hometown and he bought the trophy he said he won in the Kumite down the street and there was like a credit card receipt. And like the old school punch one. So it's not like someone took his number. It was like that old school, like, wow. It took like the yeah. picture credit card. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and what's funny is he didn't even have to do that. He could have just left that mystique alone. You know, it's like he made his problem worse. That's what you find, though, right? Like people try to over overcorrect. Yeah, and it yeah. just it like it, it's their downfall. But you can't anymore. Like you can tell me yeah. you went to West Point, but I can look that up. You could tell me where. Whereas, like fifty years ago, maybe not. Like you would have to make a phone call. You would have to. You know, it's actually funny, Tony, you actually like this uh, last story. So I'm out with a bunch of people that I really don't like. Mm. Don't ask me why I was there. It was peer pressure, whatever. 
And Bobby Maximus gives him the peer pressure. And there's this dude named there's this dude named there's this dude named Howie there. Okay. And Howie's going on and on about how he was an army ranger. Funny enough, at the time, every second weekend of my life, I was at either Hunter Airfield, Benning, mm-hmm. or Fort Lewis. And I actually had the commander of the whole regiment. His name was Danny McMillian. I'm fucking like on here. Yeah. Uh, question. Do you ever work with Nick Berenger at West Point? He was no. a dietitian for the Rangers and he's actually the only, do you know what tabbed means? Like he went to Ranger school. He's the only tabbed dietitian in the whole regiment. And then there's mm. a guy named Major Monts who was, so those three were like yeah. in charge of all the Rangers. I, I'm, I know of Major Monts. I can't say that I met him. Okay, but so I've got, all on my, I've got all these dudes yeah. on my phone. We work together. I actually helped develop the, the Ranger Athlete Warrior program, like the physical standards for it and stuff like that. So war. Like, yeah, I got it. I actually have it saved on my computer right now, my desktop. I'm not I'm even joking. connected. Like I, I was there for all the talks on, do we do a heel clap test? Do we do a 300 shuttle? Do we do whatever? So that's like I'm an army ranger. And I'm like, what battalion? He's like, oh, well, one of them. What the fuck? <laughs> And then I asked him when he graduated ranger school and he said, you know, in like early 2000 and said, well, where, where did you go to, where did you go to like ranger school? And he's like, I, you know, I, I, I think it was in Ohio. I'm like, what the fuck? And so I called him out in front of everybody and I'm like, Howie, are you a ranger or not? Cause he just like, you know, yeah. exactly. Like I went in Georgia and it was this date in this time. And I lost this much and the whole thing. So I'm like, let's call Dan McMillian right now. And we're going to find out if you're really a ranger. Like, Who's that? I'm like, well, you're, you're absolutely <laughs> not a ranger. I was the bad guy in that scenario for calling him out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I ruined his little story, but it was, it was actually really funny, Joe, because he was trying like, no, dude, like, you don't know what, like, you would know what Benning is. You'd know what Hunter Airfield is. You know yeah. what Lewis is. You would, you would, you would have like the fear of God in you from even the name of like Major Monts or, yeah. or Danny McMillian. Like, you would get called out hard, you know? And then, and then, yeah. funny enough, speed that up. Some dude went at Joe by accident. His name's Matt Wenning. <laughs> and, instantly i i put up a i put him on blast on my instagram like fuck you you steroid abuser blah 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 blah. i went off and then some of my military friends hit me up and they're like oh by the way he's lied about his work with the rangers too and i was dying and i was gonna put all the screenshots out but i (laughs) dude he played it right he called me he called me and apologized (laughs) he's like i'm so sorry i let him have it Tony. Like Good. just, I went off. Oh, hell. oh that was a fun day. Uh, I learned a lot should. that day. <laughs> yeah. And so Bobby, to your point, anybody can call up Ranger Regiment or the Rainy Training Battalion. When you graduate, you get a blue card and they blew the blue card state back to the beginning of time. Um, and they can literally pull, cause we've done that in the military, right? There's been people that'll say like, Hey, I have this badge. I'm like, the fuck you do. You don't. Yep. Cause you don't know shit about whatever you're trying to push. Like, Mm. I went to a school called Pathfinder school, which is essentially like setting up, you get, you're supposed to be able to be dropped into a location and set up an LZ, like a landing zone or uh, helicopter zone people. And like, you just go out there, set it all up and allow things to come in. And there's people that go out there and like, Oh, I went to I'm like, okay, what do you know about this, this, and this just like Bobby did, right. You just kind of mm-hmm. fact check a little bit and they just can't. And it's like, well, you didn't go. You're, there. D- you're done. Yeah. yeah. You didn't, you didn't do I, it. I don't understand the mentality of people who want to pull that off. Like, like, well, I, I, like what's broken about them? You know, what, 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 what are they so ashamed of that right. they got to pretend, but, you know? But I also guarantee it's because I was the bad guy for calling that dude out. They don't get caught. They don't like confrontation. So they, they people just get away with lying. But it's, it's the same thing with the UFC, Joe. And like, I do UFC fighting. I'm like, well, what UFC did you fight in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I fought, I, I had an underground fight against the Gracies. <laughs> so, stop, you guys. Like, Tony, that shit you remember. It's like if you graduated uh-huh. yeah. from Buds, you're like, oh, that was November 7th, 2013. Right. Yeah. Or if you spend more time there than you need to, right? Like, I recycled Ranger School. So the class I started with wasn't the class I finished with. Tony, one more life tip for you. Please. Joe Biden said today that 
basically fuck your guns because if you think you're going to take on the U.S., you're going to need nukes and F-15s. <laughs> was that like two days ago? Yeah, that was yeah. just recently, so, yeah. So I'm just letting you know, don't Google how to buy nukes. It might cause yeah. <laughs> I am not going to say I already know how to buy nukes, right? That's not in my wheelhouse. That's all uh, I, that's I, all I, I can be... think of, though. People would be like, Google how to buy. I'm like, don't. Yeah. Do. Doesn't end well. Does not end well. Nope. So that's Gentlemen, it. Gentlemen, again, blast. Thank you so much. This is the last of a dying breed.